0: Sometimes opportunities present themselves to you in your career. How do you know if they're the right or the wrong choice? In today's episode, I talked to Dr. Rachel Dunmore, who fell into, as she says, a project manager role in HR after a scientific postdoc and a period of burnout. So Rachel's gonna give you her top tips for being a productivity ninja. Now, I may have taught her the fundamentals of time and energy management, But she has taken these on board and added a whole new sprinkle of fairy dust on top of that. She's incredible. We also talk about how she found clarity in what's next through my Career Design Mastermind program. And she gives advice for others about to start and embark upon that Career Design Mastermind program. So let's dig into today's session. Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you. I would say I'm
1: excited. I think I'm more nervous than excited,
0: but in a good way. I hope that at the end it will turn from nerves into, yay, I did it. (laughs) But we really appreciate your time today. And I'd love to start with just a little introduction. So who, who are you? Let us know. Yeah
1: so I'm Rachel Dunmore Um, I work as a project manager in human resources at the University of York Um, I used to be a PhD um, researcher in atmospheric chemistry at the University of York still Um, and we'll get on to it more but I have a a small child at home a little three-year-old who acts like a teenager most of the time Um, and yeah I'm just enjoying evolving what my future will become um, i feel like i had a really defined career in mind and what everything was going to be um, and now i'm i'm back on to having a a more formed idea of what what i want to do in the future
0: thank you thank you for sharing a little bit about where you've come from and can you tell us a little bit more about what was going on in your life leading up to starting coaching?
1: Yeah so it's it's probably two to three years before actually starting coaching Um I thought I was doing well I'd finished my PhD I was working as a postdoc I was traveling the world doing it um, having a really good time but really busy and that's probably the word is, is busy there was a constant feeling of on the go have to be on have to be responsive and reactive. There was no time to sort of really plan anything. Um, You know, I I once had to go back abroad after about two days when I was supposed to be home for two weeks before having to go back because something had broken. Um, And it was just that constant busyness. There was no time to sort of rest, reflect, recharge. and I came back from a research trip to India, which was amazing. It was lovely, but I came back and I I think my body just sort of went. No, nah, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't keep doing that. It's it's destroying me, basically. Um. So I had probably three to four months of being really unwell. Um. Doctor didn't know what it was. I had some exploratory surgery to try and figure out what it was um, and finally got me back to, to, to health with some medication um, and a month later found out I was pregnant with my little one Um, actually had a terrifying moment before I found out that I was pregnant where I thought I was getting ill again um, and that all just really changed how I viewed what I was doing um I just I didn't have the energy anymore um I mean being newly pregnant your energy levels are just gone <laughs> there's just nothing um that you can give anymore I don't think um and I think because I'd been so ill and then had that my energy was just on the floor I was just kind of surviving um, then had Maternity leave, a little tiny bundle of joy, which was amazing. Um, and then COVID hit the week I was due to come back to work. <laughs> so I was on furlough for two weeks, two two months, actually. Um, and then working from home while she was at nursery. And it it just was not the same environment, you know, working from home. It's not the same as being in a research lab with all your colleagues. And I think I just really struggled to find that passion again for it. Um, And my contract was due to expire in the new year anyway. So I wasn't really doing any new projects. I was just kind of wrapping up some of the old ones, writing a few papers. And I had that time then to reflect on what I had done for the last five years and whether You know, I didn't want to be travelling for six weeks at a time with a small child at home. I didn't want to miss that much time with her. Um, So I had to really quite radically evaluate what I wanted to do. Um, And I almost kind of fell into a project manager role in human resources at the university Um, and just loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, And I get quite a lot of feedback from my HR colleagues that because I've come from a research background, I bring a really different viewpoint. Um, So I'm still using the analytical skills that I had, but just in a really different way. And I'm getting exposed to a lot of things that I never really thought about that a university does um you know it just sort of happens in the background while you're focusing on your research so that's been amazing um and I just get a lot of time to actually <laughs> sounds really bad but I'm, I'm quite strict with my planning in that I take the time to do it now I don't just wait for things to fall as they will um And yes, I still do some reactive things, some reactive bits of work do come in, but they're few and far between. And I think because of the skills that you've taught me in the the time and energy secret things, I've built time into my schedule that if something comes up, I'm not floundering. I don't Mm -hmm. have that reactive, oh, I don't have time for this because I've scheduled everything to the five minute degree and if I'm a minute late I'm gonna, nothing's gonna happen. Um, I've built time in that either I do something that's been on the back burner maybe for a, a week or so if nothing reactive comes in or if the reactive thing comes in I've got mental capacity and time to actually do it Um you. and not have to feel constantly on the edge of not necessarily burnout but just that sort of frenetic busy pace um I focus a lot more um which I think is one of the other things I've learned is that multitasking isn't a productive way of me working necessarily um you know if I've got a really big project report that needs to be in I need to have an hour two hours of dedicated right I am only doing this it means if an email comes in it's gonna have to wait two hours if you know a meeting comes up that doesn't actually need my presence I'm probably not going to go to it or I will send an update and say right I'd like to not come is this enough and if they want me to still come then I can reschedule things but I don't automatically give up my time and energy if it's not necessary. Um, and I think that's one of the things I've learned is that it it is a bit of a give and take. What works this week isn't necessarily gonna work 100% next week, but it probably will work a good 75 to 90%. And having that bit of flexibility in it is fine, if things change, you know, if someone's on leave and they want to update me on something or, you know, something's happened that needs my time to to schedule in because we've had a change of leadership or direction, that's totally fine. Um, and I'm not constantly feeling that pace of I need to be busy, I need to be doing something, I need to have email open and Slack open <laughs> and the paper open and data um, opening da, 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 and just focus. feeling no focus and just chopping and changing i i
0: dedicate myself to getting something finished now um and that busy 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 that is what i'm often talking about and what i felt myself um as we often call it you know superwoman that i've got lots on and it all feels urgent and important and i don't know where to focus first because it's this 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 and it's you called it the frenetic energy it's that kind of feeling um i guess kind of adrenalized by the work doing that shakiness the palpitations the restless leg syndrome that's when you know that you're in superwoman and being in superwoman for years takes its toll and i wanted to go back to um, your, you know, how you introduced, how you ended up even having coaching in the first place, and you talked about I'd been busy for a really long time before I fell sick. Do you put that, um, that period of being really unwell down to your busyness, down to you know, superwoman mode, or something else? I think
1: the actual illness, no, because there was an actual illness that got treated with medication, but I think. My symptoms, the the doctor even sort of said, um, my symptoms were so severe that they didn't know what it was because they shouldn't have been that severe. Um, And I think it's that thing of my body just gave up. It just didn't have a clue. And I did have other symptoms as well. Um, So I, I, I do have a thyroid problem which sometimes my immune system, if it's, you know, I've got a cold or something, I get a bit run down. Um, So I think it was just a combination of the pace, the Mm -hmm. illness, my thyroid, the pace, the illness, and it uh, just all compounded into this massive period of, no, you can't do this anymore.
0: Yeah, Uh, so on the edge of of that all the time um and you talked about then okay so i need to do things differently and uh, like me you fell into scientific um project management yours is in hr i was scientific project management it's something that just kind of um for me it was like presented to me oh there's this opportunity here you go and that can often happen on, in our careers. We just kind of take that next step. An opportunity presents itself. But for you, it was a really interesting opportunity because you have really loved it. And as we started working together, you mentioned it um, as time and energy secrets. That's the first thing that we've done together. You started to be, what I would say, an advocate in the workplace for time and energy. One of the things that I hear the most is, Well, it's okay for you because you have your own business and you can design it exactly how you like. How, you know, I can't possibly go to my boss and say I'm not coming to that meeting. And one of the things that you have proved is that you can take all of the tools and you can be an advocate in the workplace for your own time and energy. So I just wanted to break down some of the things that you talked about because there's a huge impact in that. Tell us a little bit more about... um, when you have coaching in your diary blocked out what happens if someone tries to book over the top of that what will happen to them i i just don't
1: let them unless there's a really really specific reason it doesn't happen um i just have it blocked out as busy and that's it and i think a lot of it size, so I only work four days. So I have Thursdays off with, with my small one. Um, and I was, I'm was i very protective of that time. I can only count two instances when I've done any work on a Thursday, one of which wasn't an actual fire, but it could have become a, an actual fire. Um, and the other one was my choice.
0: Mm-hmm
1: we were on holiday so my husband could look after her for two hours and i did something that i felt needed my attention at that time but in the three and a half years of her life those are the only two times that has ever happened um and i think that really helped pave the way in that i already knew i had not necessarily protected time but but that is my protected time with her and i i don't allow work to encroach on that um what I didn't have was the sort of skills and the words I think is is particularly what you've helped me with is to say in my work day actually I need this three hour block in the morning I need to be able to sit and do three hours of work and almost have the permission <laughs> to do that um, and I think sometimes we get, you know, I see a lot of my more senior members of staff that they have so many meetings, they physically can't do work. And some of them have to block time out to get some work done. Um, so I do feel like everyone actually does it, but some of them, it's because they've reached a point of, I have a deadline coming up and I have to do this. Whereas I am trying to be more proactive in that if I have a three-hour block on Monday morning, a two-hour block on Wednesday morning, and generally Fridays are meeting free anyway, Mm -hmm. I get so much work done that if the rest of the time I'm full of meetings, it's not that big of a deal. And I think because I've not necessarily just declined meetings when they're put in when I don't want them. I <laughs> ask the question of, do you actually need me at this meeting? What 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 do you need from me at this meeting? Is it just a meeting where we're going to discuss something? In which case, would it be better as an email or a Google Doc that we can all collaborate on and brainstorm? Um, you know does it actually need to be a meeting that we all sit in what what are we going to do is is it a decision needs to be made is it that we're going to progress something right great brilliant what's the agenda is usually my second question if it's just going to be a 30 minute an hour meeting with no agenda it's probably not going to actually accomplish anything or that's what I found is mm-hmm. that you generally do a lot of talking and you might get a couple of actions you might get a decision but
0: it might not be very productive um I got you I and know. you actually had to ask for that didn't you so yeah. having focus time in um have a few mornings a week was something that you really wanted mm. and you knew it was going to make a big difference to just the melee of meeting attendance that could be in your calendar yeah. so tell us about the conversation that you had with your manager about protecting your time it's, it's actually quite funny it
1: started off as a bit of a complaint <laughs> so I'd done my planning which we, we we do um and I'd planned to do a specific piece of work this one morning and I remember we we have a, a teamly meeting every week um, just to catch up we get some like strategic updates from our manager things like that and one of the questions she always says is so how's your week going you know any problems any concerns that come up and I was like I'm really annoyed because so and so has just put a meeting in I don't know what it's about I've got no accompanying information there's no email there's literally nothing um, and she's like well why is that a problem? Like, you know, you've sort of given me that there's a problem, but you've not said what the problem is. And I was like, well, I was planning on doing this and I really like having the uninterrupted time. Well, why don't you just have the uninterrupted time? Um, And we sort of had a a bit more of a discussion about, you know, what I was feeling and why it was working. Um, And just got told, you know, if that works, try it you know, I'm not saying decline every single meeting, but if it's a meeting you think you don't need to be in, put the protected focus, so you can do focus time now on Google, which I really like, which auto declines new meetings. So she was like, set it up. If they need you there, they'll email you because you've said, email me if you actually need me there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it means they know why you've not, accepted so it's not like they're gonna assume you're gonna be there and not and you just not turn up um and just see what happens and I was so productive I'd got so much done in two weeks
0: of doing that that it was basically like yeah go ahead just keep doing it um you got the all all okay from the manager to continue Yeah.
1: yeah and I think sometimes it's that You see a meeting going, and the automatic response is, Yes, I'll go. And it doesn't need to be a meeting. (laughs) There are so many meetings that I've gone to that could have just been an email or a Google Doc or a shorter meeting to be like, This is a really strict agenda. We are sticking to time. There's going to be no waffle. We need three decisions making. Let's just. Do it and one of our senior leaders who isn't my manager but directs a lot of my work has called me a ninja chair.
0: (laughs) I was just about to say that we all need a bit more Rachel in our
1: lives (laughs) but we were doing this big project and I'd put in weekly meetings for half an hour because we had someone external who wasn't part of our slack community mm-hmm. so I was like I need you to be there and I need to do a 30-minute meeting and I need decisions to be made and I need information from you so that my senior leader can make these decisions and most of the meetings started with right you've had your two minutes of social time we've got a 30-minute agenda first item right Harry this is what we're doing blah, blah 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 Helen this is what we need you to do blah blah blah, blah. Right, what's the decision? Right, boom, done. And move <laughs> on. And it meant that, you know, my senior leader, her time is so filled that sometimes getting half an hour a week can be a struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm quite conscious that at my time to me is really precious. My calendar is nowhere near as filled as yours. So if I'm taking 30 minutes of your time gonna use it wisely and I'm not just gonna sit and chat <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna make use of that 30 minutes to get things done um and it also means that that meant I had a plan for the week of what needed to be done um and I wasn't sort of sat going well we've had the meeting and I don't actually know what to do now um and that's a skill I've learned you know I I, I could say easily a year ago I probably wasn't as strict sometimes and there are some meetings where you don't need to be that way you know if it's a certain meeting that it it is just a brainstorming it's not a decision decision action you know progress what we're doing so I think it's it's knowing what the context of the meeting is and what you're placing it is
0: I love Um, that and we all know that time is one of the most valuable commodities that we have on earth and available to us and we all have 24 hours in a day each and every one of us so what we focus on we create during that time and you've done such an excellent job of advocating for your time and energy and making sure that what the way in which you're working is sustainable and fulfilling well productive we'll get on to fulfilling next (laughs) So after Time and Energy Secrets, that's the first thing we did together, you embarked upon the Career Design Mastermind, which is all about thinking really intentionally about your career, thinking about all the different components, designing all of the different components and understanding yourself within that context to be able to go, okay, um, I've gone from, I don't really know what makes me happy and fulfilled or where to go next to having a clear that's the way I'm heading and these are some roles along the way or opportunities that will move me closer towards what I do And because what I often see is that there's that long-term vision that's missing yeah and understanding ourselves within that context so tell me a bit more about why you joined the career design mastermind
1: yeah so you know when you're a PhD student when you're a postdoc there's a really defined academic progression as a researcher you know most people are going to become a lecturer they're going to become a professor they're going to become a head of a research team whatever that is but it's really defined you know a lot of universities have some form of academic promotions and there's defined criteria and you have to show this 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 and this and i obviously moved off the research track um I I call it I sort of fell into my current role um and as much as I loved it I did have a bit of grief you know a bit of a bit of grieving to do leaving research um because that was my passion that was so integral to who I was at the time um and I just didn't really know what the future was <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do Um I knew I loved project management I was really keen to carry it on Um but I had no idea what that meant as a 33 year old or thinking about being a 40 year old or a 50 year old like where do I go now how do you I develop as a project manager, what's the career path? Um, And as much as I love the team that I'm in and the projects that I've got, they're not my passion. They're not what I necessarily want to be doing for the next 10 years. And I think that's where I was floundering. I just didn't know how to make those decisions because there was no defined path anymore. Um, and your career design mastermind really asked those big they asked the big picture questions to be able to bring it in really narrow and to be able to go right. I want to focus on sustainability or green energy. um or, you know, clean air quality is one of my big ones. um being a project manager doesn't mean I have to give those up you know I don't have to be a researcher into air quality to be able to do something that will affect air quality and I think that's what I've realized is that being a project manager doesn't disconnect me from, from that the
0: vision and the bigger it
1: just means yeah. I do it in a different way yeah. um you know I do it as a, a project manager now not a researcher in a lab and that's not to say that i might be able to combine them in a future role but that's not the be all and end all um and i think that's 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 the clarity that i've gained is that i don't have to give up my vision and my passions to do the career Um, and i think sometimes people or i certainly never had a long-term passion vision (laughs) Um, of, you know, I just knew I wanted to be a researcher and I wanted to do research and air quality was the research that I picked. I never really thought longer than the end of the next contract. Um, And certainly when I then moved, I never thought longer than than at the end of the, the current project really. Um, so that's been really good to think about, right? Where am I right now? Quite happy, quite comfortable, but I'm gonna want to progress, and I'm gonna need. I think it's it's a need now. I'm gonna need to progress soon. Um, and it's figuring out where that would go and and if my passion is air quality or sustainability, where can I go? to start fulfilling that as a project manager.
0: Yeah. Um, And just to give people context, the reason why you're kind of um, continuing down the project manager route isn't because that was the next thing that you fell into and now you have to be a project manager the rest of your life, but you're applying it to something that's more um, in keeping with your vision. It's because project management, when we looked at it in terms of natural talents, within your natural talents category and therefore that's probably why you've enjoyed it so much because you were doing something that was a strength for you rather than a potential weakness
1: yes I think that was one of my main like not smug moments but I did feel a (laughs) bit smug it was you know oh I actually am good at this because I'm good at it not just because I've learned skills. That's that is part of it. You know, I learned those skills. As a PhD student, you you have to do some project management to be able to do a PhD and and finish things off. But it's actually like you say, what I'm naturally talented in. Um and since then you've
0: done a a Prince Two qualification since then. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah, so I'm now a qualified Prince2 project manager. Um, so I feel even more smug, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it it's it was surprising that you know we we've talked a bit in in the year past about like in that imposter syndrome that you know I did just fall into it. The opportunity was just sort of there, but actually, I, I have excelled at it. I have done really well at it and got quite good feedback and and praise for what I'm doing. Um, and knowing that the natural talents falls into that I think helps with that so much because it's not just that it happened and I do okay it -hmm. is that I actually can do this really really well um, and enjoy doing it there's nothing better than a nice organized spreadsheet
0: Never those words ever came out of my mouth, but that's because we're almost at opposite ends of um, the talent dynamic spectrum, which is the tool I use for um, looking at strengths with my clients. And there's sort of um, when we do the career design mastermind, there's five components um, in particular as part of the process to map out, to understand what's next. And that falls within the wider context of time and energy, overcoming and um, you know insecurities and increasing your confidence looking at these natural talents and then how to package all that up to take the next mm-hmm. step but the the kind of the key part that real definition around what's next is natural talents and capabilities which we've talked about okay project management um, falls within those strengths and that's mm-hmm. why you said I'm going to create a leadership pathway from there I'm going to get even better and get qualified in the things that I know I excel at which is why you've taken steps. Then there's our values, so our career values, what's gonna make us happy and fulfilled in the work that we're doing. And the bits that you've been connecting together today have been the purpose, the mission, and the vision in order to go, okay, what's next for me? So purpose lies in the past, where our passions come from. Mm -hmm. Our mission is, okay, this is what I'm doing in the present moment. This is my expression of that based on my natural talents and values as well and then the bit that's really key for you then is well how do I navigate my next steps because I still don't know where I'm going and that's where vision comes into it and am really yeah. understanding okay these are the things that I care about in the most in the world and how do I then align my mission my natural talents and values to that vision and that next mm-hmm. step and knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect Yes. Yeah be in the direction of that big overarching vision. And so you said, okay, we've got this lofty stuff sorted mm-hmm. out now, this <laughs> big picture thinking, and then that narrowed down focus yeah. into actions. So what actionable things knowing what you do now are you taking at the moment to move on to the next step?
1: Yeah. Well so we as part of the the career design mastermind did that gold list. Um, And that's been really helpful to just narrow it down a bit. Because if you say I would like clean air quality, you could literally go to work for so so many companies. It would just be overwhelming. Um, And I think it would be really easy to say this would be my absolutely perfect career job industry but almost no one's going to get that in the first step. Or I don't think most people could get it in the first step. So what's been quite interesting for me is, is figuring out, right, that would be absolute top level. That's what I'm aiming for. But particularly because I've just moved into project management, I'm probably going to need to do some baby steps in between. Um, And yeah, if I got the amazing top quality, high level job, that would be amazing gold standard. But I can still thrive and and grow in the baby steps to get there. Um. So, yeah, so I've identified sort of eight to ten companies that I would love to work for, had a look at, you know, departments within them that would be really good. Um, and then I've been reaching out on LinkedIn to people that work in and or around those Um, so some of them haven't actually been working for a company but they might have connections that work Mm -hmm. at that company and I think that was really interesting before we did your your LinkedIn stuff I would have never have thought of going to connections I would have immediately gone. Oh, I want to work with Joe Blogs, so I'm only going to try and connect with Joe Blogs, <laughs> yeah. and particularly if they're, you know, someone quite high level, they've probably got thousands of people trying to connect with them. Mm-hmm. It might not work as just a random that you, you know, you've got no connections in common. It's not probably going to be positive. Uh, you might get a bit ignored, but if I connect to some of my connections that are some of their connections and sort of build that pathway um and you know generally just seeing what's out there um so some of the the posts that I've seen have been shared by other people but they've Mm -hmm. been from someone at a company that I'm really interested in um and I know we do that you know I do that a lot if any of the the jobs at the university come up that I think might be interesting, I'll share them. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to work with me because (laughs) I'm not employing anyone. Um, And I think that's been quite interesting, seeing it as that networking tool um, and building a wider bridge of connections has been really good. Um, And I've been seeing a lot more passion inducing topics and posts coming up on my feed as a result um and things that I've wanted to put out there as my own shared post and put mm-hmm. you know, things up there um so yeah so that's been really interesting and just not necessarily every single person that I've attempted a connection to but if I think oh I could really you know, add a slight a personalised comment note to this person that oh I saw mm-hmm. your recent post about insert paper or news article. Um be really interested in talking to you about that. And it's just been nice to have those conversations with
0: people. Um has been quite interesting. So yeah. you have um really got that big picture definition around that where you're heading into the future, the vision, and then got actionable about it using the next stages of the career design mastermind which is around creating your gold list the top 10 list of companies you would love to work for that align to your vision and your values and then you would do roles that are relevant to you like project management within those Mm -hmm. organizations and like you said we want to try we want to try for the big the big leap but if that doesn't look possible um, or there isn't a position or we can't create that position through networking got all the ones on the list and we can keep replenishing that list as well and the next stage then is around network developing and you've talked about really leveraging LinkedIn to be Mm -hmm. able to create the opportunities you're looking for and have conversations with people within those industries to help you set up for the next step as well because so many jobs out there they already have someone in mind so yeah You're doing a really good job of making sure that you're the next person that's going to be in mind for those positions as well. So I love how you have done the work, really thought about your next steps, got that clarity and now you're in action over implementing it as well.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things is,
0: you know, I,
1: I try to do it more often, but I don't always do it as often as I would like to but i'm trying to just be consistent at it and yes. just keep you know if it would if i could do it four times a day at four times a week even um that's amazing but sometimes life just happens but i try to do it at least once to twice a, a week um and that's what i found is what you've taught me with all of this is that it's that consistency it's not as much as I would like to be being perfect. You can't <laughs> do everything all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's finding the sweet spot that works that day. And mm-hmm. sometimes that might be, I might be able to spend 30 to 40 minutes doing it. And sometimes it might only be five minutes to
0: mm-hmm. comment
1: on someone's post maybe, um, or it might just not happen at all um but yeah it's just I think what I used to be like was that if I not necessarily failed but felt like I'd failed Mm -hmm. I I just gave up to a degree um and what I've realized now is that the giving up is the failing you know if, if I give up that means it's it's gone it's done um if I come back to it it'll start again and I can keep chipping away at things. Um, So that's been a big sort of mindset shift that I've had with the coaching with you is that, you know, I'm not always going to be able to do 30 minutes of exercise every day, but I can probably do that every couple of days. And as long as I keep doing or keep attempting to do it, I'll get there eventually. Um, So, yeah you've helped me massively with my perfectionist
0: (laughs) and i i think because um of your natural talents being quite detail orientated perfectionism kind of also goes hand in hand with that natural trait as well so it's like a double-edged sword for you as well you're going to want to go deep and find all the inconsistencies um, but it can backfire personally when it comes to uh, taking actions and steps as well. Yeah. And the career design mastermind really is those three things. It's around finding balance. It's around figuring out what's next and what's going to make you fulfilled and happy and actually mm-hmm. implementing that, which you're on the way absolutely to to getting that next step. And then it's that big mindset shift. What's getting in the way of me trying yeah what's getting in the way of me even um attempting that and having identified perfectionism as one of your kind of nemesis my my arch nemesis i always say is making up stories you know about what people are thinking what you know what what's going to happen next all the kind of rumination my big ones like my arch nemesis is stories and for you it's your perfectionist oh yes most definitely
1: most definitely it
0: was that, you know,
1: not being able to write the paper because I couldn't yeah. craft the perfect opening sentence.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas now I'm very much a just get a first draft down and we'll perfect that. Um, you know, if I don't have anything to dra- to edit, there's nothing to perfect. perfect. <laughs> um, so I, I sort of gain my perfectionist every now and again. Um, but I've learned that with the coaching and with, I think, experience as well, knowing that staring at the blinking cursor used to be the bane of my life, writing research papers. Wow. It's like if I've got something down, I try to not look while I'm typing and just sort of
0: mash the keyboard a little (laughs) bit to sort of get something down. Yeah. And I imagine if the perfectionist was still... Um, like forefront of everything that you do when it comes to what's next in your career it would either be like the blinking curse and nothing would happen
1: yeah
0: or you would get super focused on it has to be this place and have yeah. to do everything to make sure it's the top number one on my goal list and yeah. um, having worked on the perfectionist has given you the separation to be able to
1: to go yeah. ahead
0: and be you know make sustainable actions towards it without getting stuck yeah
1: and I think that's it it's it's knowing yes I want to get there eventually and if I get there eventually that will be amazing but getting there as the next step is probably not going to happen it's not going to stop me striving for it and if it happens as the next step you know champagne all round. but (laughs) it's probably not realistic so just aiming for that it it, I think it's that thing of you know if you don't ask the question it's always going to be a no so Mm -hmm. if I ask the question it might be a no but I still need to be working on other things in case it's a no yeah um yeah and that's where I've had that switch of I don't need to get you know the nature paper equivalent of job (laughs) (laughs) because not everyone gets the nature paper and not everyone gets the gold standard job first time round most people have to to work towards it and
0: get there and when we if we take that analogy in academia um 90 percent of postdocs will need to move beyond academia because it just simply isn't the pipeline and it's not because people aren't Talented. It's not because you cannot do it. It's because at some level the look wasn't quite in your favor, whether that was to do with supervision you had or whether it's to do the nature of the research you did. And it's the same way, I think, with looking for next steps in careers. You might well get lucky. You might well be that 1% Mm -hmm. that get to the very um number one on your goal list of places you want to work, but equally we can take steps towards what we can have on that list and yeah. then incrementally see how that unfolds and get closer and closer to that bliss point. Yeah. So the next and step, I, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah and go. I think what I found falling into my HR project management is that the gold standard might not actually be the gold standard that I want in five years' time. It might change,
0: Yeah.
1: If, I'd, if I could go back and interview, or if you could go back and interview my past self, probably <laughs> what I'm doing now is not at all what I would have wanted. That wouldn't have been my gold standard. So it's going to
0: evolve. Um, but I so I let's stick with that question then. If you could go backwards in time and whisper a, a piece of advice into your ear when you had the the burnout and you were, you know, incapacitated for three months what piece of advice would you give yourself back then
1: oh that's a good one
0: um
1: I think there's probably two I think there's probably work's not all it's about would be a massive massive one and sometimes you have to come first Hmm. Um, probably more often than most people think. You know, that whole analogy with, like, you put your own gas mask on if an airplane's going down? Um, And it's actually, weirdly, some advice that I got when we first had our little one from one of the midwives was mummy comes first. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not getting some sleep, not getting some food, not getting basic hygiene baby's going to be unhappy because you're going to be unhappy yeah so if it's a case of baby might need to scream for 30 minutes while you scoff a sandwich and have a shower as long as baby's okay screaming for 30 minutes yeah it's not nice but you have to see to your basic needs sometimes um and that was difficult to hear at the time Mm. because This small potato that is like the best thing in the world. And you just think if they cry for more than a f- about four seconds, the world is coming to an end. And, oh, yeah. But it's true. It's, you know, if you're not looking after yourself, I certainly feel it now, you know, if I've not had a good night's sleep, I haven't had a cup of tea, you know, I haven't been eating very well, maybe or something, or I had a bad meeting at work. Or, you know, mm-hmm. one of those basic needs hasn't been met. Haven't had a long time. It's my big one. <laughs> uh, as much Mind as me. I love my small human, there are some times when i might like, need to stop touching me. <laughs> like, Please just give me five minutes to not be touched and I'll be good. Um, but yeah, it's, I can't be the best Rachel, the best mum, the best wife, the best employee if I'm not the okay. best me to me. Yeah. Um, and it looks different every day you know some days it might mean I take a slightly longer lunch and go for a walk it might mean I go and sit and have 30 minutes power nap or something else it might be something Mm -hmm. totally different um but I've realized that that's not selfish yes um and I think that was a big part of what not necessarily led to the burnout but you know, I constantly felt like I had to do better for other people. You know, I, I had to finish more work. I had to f- f- reply to every email. I had to, and I, I think that was it. it, it you know, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Um. So, yeah, that would be my big one is work's not not everything. And sometimes be selfish. You You have to come first every now
0: and again. Um, not every now and again you said more often than you think as well yes and when you, more often than you think and when you do put yourself first knowing that it's to be able to help others more more yeah. profoundly that feeling that oh, i feel so guilty about it melts away because it's not selfish anymore because it's yeah. in order to be able to help others yeah. And so my question for you and my last question for today then is thank you for giving us advice to your past self. But what about advice for somebody who is embarking on the career design mastermind right now? What advice would you give them if they were starting now? Um, be honest.
1: I think that's a big one is particularly, I would say, month two mm-hmm. is honesty with you know not necessarily with a group as the if you don't feel comfortable that, but being honest with yourself um you know there are there are points in it that are going to be uncomfortable and upsetting but if you're honest and you work through it it it's worth it it's massive massively worth it um and then I would think the other one is do take it all so seriously like you're not deciding right now i can only do this there's got to be that room for flex um and you'll probably find things out that you never thought you wanted to do or that would never have occurred to you um and it, it you know it might be a bit scary but that's fine scary scary's good scary can mm-hmm. be good
0: so, don't go in with a fixed mindset of I'm going to be doing this at the end of the course yeah. open mindedly because you're going to learn more than ever before about yourself. So, yeah. things can shift and change. Yeah. Uh, so, so, come at it with a beginner's mind without a fixation on an end, you know, yeah. where you can be. But also, when I when-
1: started it, I could have said I'm going yeah. to go back into research and I could have been really fixed on I have to go back into research, and that wasn't
0: where I ended up at all and and that's a good thing that is a good thing yeah and then that month two content you're talking about is where we focus in on overcoming personal limitations that are holding us back keeping us stuck or small and you're right it can be challenging to hold a mirror up to yourself and really look in that mirror and see see things for what they are and I appreciate it's it is hard to do that it takes courage it takes openness it takes vulnerability but know that you are deeply held within that process yeah oh yeah everything everything you're looking for is on the other side of and it's so
1: worth it as well you know if I if I hadn't have done that I could be stuck in that perfectionist blinking cursor motion um and there were points in month two where I did have a bit of a cry and I did have to sort of go and turn the computer off. That's a bit scary. I'm going to come back to it in in half an hour. But knowing that you and mm. the other guys were on the end and I could put a message on and be like, this is really hard. Like, I don't know what to do. This is really hard. And having that, not instant, because it shouldn't be instant, message back <laughs> saying, it, it, it is hard, but we're all here. And talk it through and you know, this is guidance, this is try doing this, try doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it
0: can be quite emotional. Because if you think it's a logical, these are all the skills I need to get in place to get a next job. This mm-hmm. is not the course for you. This is an emotional journey yeah. of where have I come from? How have I got to this point? And what am I designing next? And that is a whole different journey than just going, uh, how do I get the next job?
1: How do I write a CV? As much as it has that, and they are very useful. I think you need to to go through the emotional bit to then be able to say, right, this is the decision that's right for me, and then do the logical, (laughs) the bits afterwards.
0: We still have all the logical and practical things in there, but it is a journey as well of self-discovery. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, Rachel. And you are, what was that? Uh, Meeting Ninja? What was your nickname? Ninja Chair. Ninja Chair. Um, Thank you for sharing your Ninja Chair techniques with us. And I am always um, like, so in awe of everything that you have done to improve your time and energy and advocate for yourself in that workplace to be able to be more productive and effective and make bigger impact and change. And now I can't wait to see you on the next phase of moving through into finding something more fulfilling for you, having everything in place. It's just a matter of sustainable action towards what you do want now. You're well Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, Join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.